Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at redrivertoyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. Back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show. And joining me now via the phone line is Jeff Calkins, columnist of the Daily Memphian, and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. On X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's it going? Good. I had a question, though. With, with the news that Wanda Halbert is closing the county clerk's office. At Highland, you know the one right there, right? Yeah. In the middle uh-huh. plaza. Yeah. And she says it's the better serve the public. Other people seem to say that it's because we don't have the rent money for the building. But whatever. Um, I actually wondered. I was thinking about it. What was it like for you to get your marriage license? Very How easy. Was that process? Very easy, really? actually. What did you do? Very simple. I think Connor's going to have to have a story. You haven't heard Connor's story about him getting his marriage license. I just went up to. Yeah, uh, let's, let's I went up to the one over by let's... Shelby Farms. And you get you to skip to the, the line. You you skip okay. the line because you don't have to uh, do you know all the driving stuff. You don't have to you know change the title on your car or anything. So right. you get to skip, go straight to the marriage license office. I was in and out in about uh, 35, 40 minutes. It wasn't that bad. That was it. And wasn't what, that bad. You the two of you go. You both have to show up. Yep. That's it. Yep. And then you uh, you you and then you kiss the bride. Yeah, and then uh, I kiss no, the bride. I walk that. back in. Says, you don't say that in the clerk's office. You're not. You're, you can't slip that. I don't say that. So what was but I, I brought it back. Oh, I brought it back. I handed in. I paid it. I paid ten dollars for a copy, which I found a little bit strange. I had to pay ten dollars for a copy seems, of my marriage okay. license. It's fine. Seems okay. Um, and then I was out on my second on my return trip. I was out in five minutes. It was. It was very. Why did simple. you make a return trip? Have you been married more than once? Did I not know this? No. So you don't. You get the marriage license, and then you oh, have to get it get certified, married. and then you get married, and then you turn then it, back you in, it back in. And yes, and then you're official. It's been a long time. Then you're officially official. Officially official. And that was you took it to back to the same place. Easy peasy. No yes. Problem. Very simple. Very. I don't think Connor had that same experience though. Connor had to. He, he had to go to the local news channels to get the damn office open because they closed the office, and he was scared he wasn't going to be able to get his marriage license. Was it during COVID? Was it during COVID? Was his during COVID or something? Because I know Jeffrey had a nightmare too. No, uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't during COVID. It was. Uh, it was when she just completely failed 
to get like the, it was when the license plate backup happened and all that stuff. So oh, remember they I, there was like a week where yeah. they just said we we're going to close the offices so that we can. And by the way, this is when she was she went on vacation when this all happened too. Um, right. <laughs> this was when she uh, she said we're going to close the downtown office. Yeah, we're going to we're going to close the downtown office, but it's going to stay open for marriage licenses. It's it, it, she's quoted on it. It was on ABC News. It was on the Daily Memphian. I was on the Commercial Appeal. Trust me, I did my research. And uh-huh. so we go down there like early in the morning, Cat uh, and I, to go get our marriage license. And while I'm parking the car, you know, I dropped her off so she could run run up and. By the time I got to the door, the security guard would not let us in, just would not let us in, and told us over and over again, they have completely closed the entire building. Nobody in, nobody out, unless you work here. And we were like, what are you talking about? And so this was Friday. We were supposed to get married, I think, or no, this was maybe Wednesday or Thursday. We were supposed to get married that weekend. So we didn't have, you know, time to mess around here. We were like, we were told this was going to be open. We need these doors open. So And then I, Connor pulled the power move of all power moves, I did, moves, so Jeff. I got to work. Said, I, you I, know I'm Connor Dunning. Yes, that's no, what he did. No, 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 Okay, calm it. Uh, relax, Gabe. So <laughs> what I did is I, you know, I because I we were we were keeping up with the, the news story because we wanted to make sure that that building was open. So I knew that Clayton Collier and Ben Hogan and all of our friends that work in the news had reported on this. I just sent them a text and was basically like, hey, here's what's going on. Do you all have any information about why these doors aren't opening up? And they tried to get a comment from Wanda. Wanda basically said, no, there's no way that they got turned away. That She called us a liar, which was crazy. Absolutely Ooh. insane that she went that route. Um, so then I got ABC 24 to come interview me at Rhodes he College. Was on and I, yeah, he was I was on camera. It's, it's, yes. Yeah, I was on camera. So I got, Power, I got, them, to, that That's a I got them to come That's- out to Rhodes and I interviewed and I was on the news that night. And guess what? Next day is, we were uh, we were in that office. Is Jeff, Weird how is that, that happened. is that not I'm Connor Dunning? Is that not a, I am Connor Dunning? <laughs> no, Do you know no, who no, I, I am? That's being resourceful. So let me ask you this: <laughs> Exactly. Uh, when when they let you back in, was it just you, or like was the whole place opened up, or were they like, oh, you're Connor Dunning, we, and power in front? <laughs> no, we. Powers, it so was. You can come in. Well, so we weren't the only couple at the door that got turned away. There were multiple couples that showed up with us because they we had you know marriage licenses to get. We were planning to get a bunch of people. I guess were getting married that week, and it was a September wedding, so you know a lot of people get married in the fall. So the next morning, it was us and everybody that kind of got turned away when we did at the door. It was probably I would say four couples that got turned away at the same time, and. And, you know, it was I, – I was extremely, extremely mad because, you know, Kat was really worried because we were – because we were, it was also a Catholic – you know, she's Catholic, so we got married at a Catholic church. You cannot get married at a Catholic church without a wedding license. You cannot do it. Um, they will not let you. So we had to have that piece of paper, and luckily we got it. Wow. That's exciting. All right, well, that's all. I just wanted to, wanted to clarify. It is amazing how we sort of have these civic uh, – <laughs> like we end up doing the best we can. I mean, obviously, if you're caught in the middle of it, it's you don't have fun with it. But the rest of us are like, well, that's uh, you know, that's that's what we deal with um, <laughs> here in the look, city. Yeah, go ahead. One thing I've noticed about the clerk's office, though, if you're trying to go get license or if you're mm-hmm. dealing with your uh, car and dealing with a title or whatever it is, you can never get there early enough. If it opens at seven and you get there at six, there's still going to be a line there. I'm telling you, you need to take like a, a sleeping bag and a tent. If you want to get in there first, there's the, you, you just cannot you show you just up early right enough. In, and the key is to go to Millington. Maybe what she's doing is closing this office and moving it out to Millington. Because is that where you went? Millington, Shelby Forest. Where'd you go, Shelby Forest? Shelby, yours? Huh? Where was your? Where did you go? Mine. Mine. I went to the yeah, one by Shelby Forest, Mullen Station, the Mullen Station location. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
just on top of this too, I'm also trying to get my license or not my license, my license plate renewed and their website won't work for me today either. So it's just, you know, I think that they have a grudge against me. It's probably a blood feud now. Hey, well, you still have your connections within the uh, <laughs> local news. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Collier's gone, but, but, but hey, Ben Hogan's still there. there. I still got yeah. Ben. Yeah, there's other people. Connor we can Dunning, it out. the perpetually aggrieved Connor Dunning, <laughs> has another complaint. I can't get my license renewed. John Martin's his his thing is the Germantown water people. Mine is the is the clerk's office. Right. So you know we we yeah. each have one. Yeah, everybody has their complaints. Okay. I get it. I get it. Now, do you have any complaints? I think I have some complaints about the way the Tigers performed last night. Too many turnovers. I thought it was relatively sloppy. Um, and it is kind of a, – it's a little bit concerning considering they have to go on the road against uh, Mizzou in Columbia on Friday. I mean, that's I, – I I don't know if they have the synergy or the, uh, the experience around each other that they need yet. Well, I mean, that's sort of my perspective on it. It was a fun night last night. You know, they obviously have a – extraordinary amount of talent. And so to the extent that I'm being picky at all, it's only in the context of the greater context that we all understand, which is they've got to do their damage early, right? We all know that. And so you therefore look at this game against Jackson state. I mean, listen, Michigan state, you know, (laughs) lost James Madison last night. The LSU women lost last. Like there's, they, they did get the win, but Michigan state's going to have all kinds of opportunities once they get to the, Conference conference schedule to have quality wins, and we know that Memphis, it life comes at you fast. And so, if you watched last night, uh, I think, and I gather if you watched on ESPN Plus, it was not a fun watch. But yep. if you watched last night, um, incredible talent, and I do think one of the things that differentiates it from previous Penny teams is the amount of shooting talent which can help them get through some of these rough spots. But, yes, um, they did not look like a finely tuned machine. Now, maybe it's unfair to ask them to be, right? right. But, that's, but is, that is the circumstances they are faced with. And when they come out and commit 10 turnovers in the first 12 minutes, now they, you know, they corrected that. They only had six more the rest of the game. But – they looked kind of ragged, like, honestly, you would expect a team of transfers thrown together to look. But it made me think, do I believe they will have the record? I, I, that's, I, like, I, I'm just, maybe it's because I have a little PTSD for the last few years where they've, always, where they've always suffered some non-conference losses that make you just feel, yep. yeah. And so do I think they looked crisp enough to, to avoid enough of those? I don't know. It made me wonder a little bit. And that, that was the part of it that I worried about last night. Yeah, I think I have some confidence they can figure it out on the fly. The second half looked uh, distinctly different than the first half. You already mentioned that. Even though it was a closer second half, 47-41, give Jackson State credit for that. Um, but one thing that just did strike me is David Jones in the first half. That was – Considering the exhibition, out of control. Considering the exhibitions, that was like, I, I, I mean, I got a text from somebody, I guess, who doesn't watch the Tigers all that often, um, but he basically said, "Don't play that Jones kid again." I'm like, it's absolutely ridiculous that you just texted me that." But the way he was playing, right. I don't blame that person for sending me that text at that particular moment. 
I mean, the, the the turnovers were crazy. He was trying to play a lot of hero ball. Obviously, he turned it around the second half, but that that struck me. That struck me early in that game. Yeah, uh, I mean, of those ten turnovers, he had five of the for five of the first ten turnovers, which was really pretty startling. You're like, holy crap, he's turning it over again. And this is for you know, I. I'd, I'd watched on, you know, on streaming or whatever else, but this is the first time I'd seen him with my own eyeballs and certainly had heard a lot about him. And the first half was a total train wreck for David Jones. Um, obviously corrected a lot of that in the second half. And I do think that one of the things that, you know, again, that, that you take um, comfort in is knowing that sometimes it could be Jake one Walton who'll come out and just was, exploded on the game yeah. um, last night with 17 points in the first half trying He's to dunk the ball too. from the, yeah, from with 12 seconds in like, but he was just, he was, he was going at, you know, at just a, another velocity. He was really wired in, in the first half. And then he got two, then he got two points in the second half, but yep. in the second half, David Jones was there and, and a much better version of David Jones. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's, they have so many weapons um, that I do think that there will always be another answer to reach for if someone else, yep. if someone is having the kind of first half that David Jones had last night. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. The center position, they started Malco, um, and I think that was just probably a reward for Malco's uh, efforts and hustle and commitment and the fact that he's as in shape as he is and all of that. But Jordan Brown's a weapon. I, I know yep. he doesn't look like he is trying all that much all the time, honestly. Like, if, if you're one of the – but he just – he changes the complexion of the game because you have to be aware of the fact that you can – you know, the Tigers can always throw the ball to him. Like, he is yep. a weapon. He can also pass. Like, I know it wasn't his most engaged game, I, I do think, in perfect fact, but I do think he led the team in plus-minus last night because mm. when he's on the court, he just changes the game in, in ways where he has to be accounted for. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That, I mean, the starting lineup, uh, that I think that threw everyone for a loop. I, I would assume it threw you for a loop, too. Nick Jordan and Malcolm Dandridge in there. <laughs> I, well, yeah, it was like, well, well, why? Like, well, I, I'm sure there was a reason. Know. I'm sure there's – I mean, some people were speculating, was it disciplinary or was it a reward? Or was I mean, it, there, was the, was there was the discussion about Jordan Brown being a little out of shape when he got to campus. Right. Maybe that has something to do with it, and you, coupled with Malcolm Dandridge working his ass off this offseason. But the Nick Jordan thing, I I didn't quite expect that. I thought Caleb Mills would be in there and uh, David Jones or Jaquan Walton would be at the four. But this does get me started really well on my uh, eight and a half over under. The 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 I said it at that. It's starting lineups, eight and a half over or under. Well, that's exactly it. And this is this. Uh, uh, you know, we we have talked about how in, how remarkably talented this team is, how deep this team is, and all of that. And then we've also talked about the things that could waylay this team. And one of the things is clear substitution patterns, pecking order, all of that. And so when you show up last night, and no, it's not a big deal. It's a game against Jackson State. But when you show up last night and you see, oh, we're here at the first game, and there's already a new starting lineup. Like, are, are we underway in what's going to be a very unsettled or, you know, reach for a different solution every game sort of approach of the sort that we saw really before last year? Again, these are quibbles. Um, 
in the context of a watching a team that is supremely talented and only because if you, you know, are a follower of Memphis, you understand that they, they're got, they're not allowed to just improve throughout the course of the season. That's not a luxury they have. And so that's the only thing I fretted about. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins. Now you brought up the Michigan State loss to James Madison. Um, when it comes to Tom Izzo, though, like, like, is there any worry? Like, I, I, I no. said this. I said this. Just tell me when they're a ten seed come tournament time, and <laughs> right. also rank them in dark horse final four. Uh, your your dark horse final four rankings when we get to March, because I I don't think it matters in the slightest. Well, then that's the luxury they have. Hey, well, I mean, you know, you have a great coach, and you know, you have a, a proven track record, and all that. And then you know you have – I mean, if, if Memphis had lost the equivalent, had lost last night to Jackson State, it would have just been yes. devastating. Yes. And Jackson State is really – like, for a SWAC team, is, is a, a lot of continuity. Like, everyone's back, and they're, they're picked to win the conference and everything else. But that would have stayed on your resume like this incredible stain. And for Michigan State, whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, that was back in uh, November, and since then they've, you know – They've, you know, they've they've ripped off eight straight wins in the Big Ten or whatever else it'll be. It won't matter one bit. So um, it's a, it's it's it, this is again, it's the world of the sort of haves and have-nots. We honestly, we see it in the women's soccer program. Yeah, there, there they are, ranked eighth That's in the wild. country. I can't make sense of that. Seed. I can't make sense of that. I, I I went and just sort of did a little bit of. Uh, looking around, snooping around, because I'm not going to act like I am uh, very well-versed on women's soccer and how people should be ranked in the the NCAA tournament. But I I don't know because no one in the top ten of the coaches' poll was lower than three, and the three was Notre Dame. And then, I like, Memphis women's soccer, I mean, versus power conference teams, they were four and one. They only had one one loss the entire year, and it was versus Bama. I just don't really – it doesn't make sense to me. It makes zero sense. Number eight team in the country on the coaches' poll, which is what they follow most closely, and they get a six seed. But yes, I, I, your point is well taken. You have to you have to take care yeah. of uh, everything it's on your an, schedule, or you'll be docked. Point, but yes, you're totally screwed. <laughs> That's yeah. the point. That's the point. You know what we should do? We should get Connor Dunning to talk about this on the air. <laughs> yes, yes. get him on local TV talking about this and see if he can correct these injustices. Because this is preposterous. <laughs> All right, on Memphis football front, uh, I, I don't know if you saw this yet, but we have Tevin Carter and Seth Hennigan listed as oars and Ryan close practice today. I, if I'm reading the tea leaves, I don't know if I feel great about Seth playing this week. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that's – I mean, this is, this is basically what we said, right? We will find this out, uh, you know, again. Grant Gannell and Seth Hennigan were – they knew for a long time that Seth Hennigan was going to start two years ago, right? They knew, yeah. and they just wanted to keep it under wraps. And so there is no way we were going to get a definitive answer. You know, we got words um, saying sooner rather than later, uh, he's a tough guy, he's got, you know, all that stuff. I, I, I do think it's to some extent worrisome. I also just think it's game playing that coaches do, and you're not going to know. We're not going to know. We, I, I, I do think we told people yesterday, we are not going to know until game day. Yeah. And so um, if there's any advantage to be squeezed out of this, 
um, they will squeeze any advantage they can and take advantage of any uncertainty that there is. Um, but uh, sure, I suppose if he were 100% healthy, they would not have had any need to do any of those things. So I guess it it does raise the specter that yeah. it, that it could be a problem. And I wonder about the like if you're if you're game planning. Um, and you're trying to draw up an offense for Tevin Carter. It's just so much unknown. Like I just, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what he'll look like in the intermediate and short passing game. I obviously we saw the one to Rock Taylor, but Rock took that for, right. from forever away and made that happen. I'd imagine a lot of sort of RPO concepts, use his legs, and then maybe uncork a couple deep shots. But I guess we'll see as well, the, the week progresses. Is, the good news is. Um, well, I, yes, he has all the physical tools you could possibly want. And then, although it's hard for us to know exactly how effective he'd be, what his strengths are, all of that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The coaching staff knows. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, like, like they've seen him in practice every day. So they certainly have a sense and an ability to to put together a package that takes advantage of his strengths and minimizes, um, you know, some of his liabilities. Um, now, also in college football, James Madison delivered the uh, letter to the NCAA Board of Directors chair requesting relief from the bylaws restricting transitioning teams from bowl games. They're, of course, undefeated. They'd likely be the top spot in the group of five if they were allowed to actually participate in postseason. I, one, do you think that this will actually put some pressure on the NCAA to change it this year? Um, but going forward, I, the NCAA needs to look into this. And, like, if you're going to transition from 1AA to 1A, there should not be some penalty of not being able to to participate in postseason for years to come. I think this is this whole rule and the bylaws are absolutely preposterous. They're ridiculous. I agree. Uh when you're when you're moving up, it shouldn't you shouldn't you have no intrinsic advantage that that you know that you're you at a disadvantage. To, quite frankly, you're at a dis- exactly you're at a disadvantage, and so in the big picture, it doesn't make sense in terms of changing it for this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you have your no, doubts. You can't. I can, I, I could, yes. You can't. You yeah. can't. Like I don't. Get, I, I just don't get it. I don't get. And this is like it's like back to the, the Michigan. Michigan. Yep. Michigan thing. Like they have a way of doing things and as imperfect and flawed and as nonsensical as it is, it's just, it's a different, it's like the flip side of the Michigan thing, right? Um, Why are we all of a sudden changing the rules on the fly? Just because like we're really mad at Michigan or just because we really feel bad for James Madison. Like those are both, I, uh, you know, 
they are certainly issues that should and could be addressed and whatnot, but I don't see, like, we just don't, it's not how it's not how it's typically been done. So I don't really see why you would change the rules to help James Madison or change the rules to punish Michigan. Would the argument be, we want to move forward in a positive direction and actually make sense of things going. I mean, like we, we've we've made a lot of uprooting change the the past two to three years. Everybody knew the rules going into it. James Madison knew at when they decided to like I'm not I'm not trying to say James Madison be excluded. It's it's garbage, right? But James Madison knew when they were doing this what the rules were and they decided to do it. So I, I there's like whatever, I, I guess. Like you, you can ask for a rule change, but I don't I mean, you're not, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. I, I'm with you. I got, I'm 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 dubious they're going to get it, and I actually don't think they should get it. Like I've I, if you wanted to change it before the year began, right. that's fine. Just because we're having a particularly great year, now we're interested in it? No. Well, Sorry. I do find it funny. They did request in the offseason to get it lifted, and the NCAA said, hell no. And, said no. and, and I, I do give credit to the athletic director. that They asked the athletic well, director. Well ask. Yeah, well, but they, they said, hey, does the, a good season have anything to do with it? And he obviously a little bit of a word salad, but he basically said, yes. The fact that we're having a great yeah. season, of course I want to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. And there's no there is no reason not to ask. As uh, as my friend Charles likes to say, when when faced with this sort of dilemma of whether you should ask for whatever it is that you're in, the no you already have, like you know, so you, there's no harm in asking. Um, and so, um, yeah, I I don't I don't, and I, I, I it is true by the way. There's not a particularly compelling. Um, other candidate this year, like Tulane's worthy, but they lost to Ole Miss, right? Tulane is yep. worthy, but they lost to Ole Miss. If Memphis happens to get back in there, yeah, Memphis would be you Air know, Force worthy, just got but slaughtered by Army. Air Force just got smashed. Like so, it's not like James Madison would. In a way, it sort of would seem to me to logically help their case because it's not just that they're having a great year; it's they're having a great year at a time when. There's no one else that you would feel like we're screwing them if we change the rules on behalf of James Madison, right? Right. And so that makes it, you know, somewhat augments their case, it seems. But I still think I, I would, if I were the NCAA, I would say, no, you know the rules and, and you know, come back later. Um, now, last thing, Grizzlies uh, injury report comes out, but that's not even really what I want to talk about. It has to do with Jake LaRavia being with the Memphis Hustle. I think Vince Williams Jr. and him – both sent to the Memphis Hustle. Um, I know we talked about after 25 games, Kenneth Lofton Jr. looking over his shoulder. I mean, I know that it was two years ago or a year and a half ago they drafted him 19th overall, but should Jake LaRavia be worried about his uh, his future with the Grizzlies even this, this short of a time in? Well, um, I asked Chris Harrington who he thought the logical candidates would be. And to, to you know, obviously, if you can go ahead and tr- it, this is we're talking about uh, when when Jock comes back and they no longer have the extra yes, roster, yeah, yeah, spot, yes. they have to shed a player because they had they signed people. Bismack and so, it looks like Bismack right. will stick. Yeah, at at some point they'll have to let go of someone. So um, the easiest choices are Bismack or Kenneth Lofton Jr. Because they don't have a contract into next year. They're just this year. You'd just be eating the rest of that. And so that is sort of the, the easiest 
choices is to just release one of them. If you could go ahead and make a two-for-one trade or something or disgorge someone, that would be another option. So I think those are the two easiest and, and, and most obvious ones. But the other one that Chris did include on his list of possibilities is Jake Laravia. And I, you know, I said, really? Are they really going to, you know, less than two years, a year and a half after not just like trading up to get him, are they really going to let go of Jake or give up on Jake Laravia this quickly? And I would argue that I think it's unlikely, but not impossible. Like, I don't think... It's clearly not appropriate for a front office to do something just to save face or to not do something just to save face, right? Right. And I would hope that the front office wouldn't say, what's it going to look like? What they should be doing at all times, even if it's a sunk cost, is acting in the best interest of the franchise, given that that's where we are now. And you can make an argument that what's in the best interest of the franchise is to – if you've got to let go of one of those players – the one who's given you nothing is Jake Laravia. And furthermore, um, you know, it's not like they're continuing to sort of bring him along. He disappeared on the, you know, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. played on that on that road trip. Um, you know. Looked good, <laughs> by the way. Looked good in the win. On that road trip. Uh, and, and they buried Jake Laravia. And so, you know, there are other examples. Kennedy Chandler, honestly, is another example. They gave him a deal. And then they said, whoops, that was, you know, it, it's not like that. No reflection on Kennedy Chandler. It was just, we need the spot. We got to let someone go. We clearly given everything. It's clearly in retrospect, a mistake that we gave him the deal, but we're not going to let that stop us from making the change we need to make. And so you could look at that and say they could do the same thing with Jake. I still think it's unlikely don't okay. you? I, I mean, two, two first, they gave up two first for him, and the, the, his skill, his theoretical skill, his, is shooting. Well, his theo- purely theoret- theoretical, purely theoretical, yes, is shooting, well, my, which is at a premium in the league. My, my problem, Jeff, is I've seen him play ball. Okay, yeah. and I think that's my biggest problem. <laughs> but when right. when he plays, they don't win those minutes. They always lose those minutes. He gets picked on on defense. The IQ isn't quite there. And it's not like he's a young man. I mean, it's not like he's he a, can't hit a I mean, shot. Okay, but he's 23 he was, years was, old. It's not like he was a young rookie no. by any stretch of the imagination. And, like, you have David Roddy and Zaire Williams and Luke Kennard. It just seems like, you know, if you haven't seen argue. any promise, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not I think it's unlikely. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I think it's unlikely. But at the same time, I, I – I think it should be thought of. I think it should be an option on the table. Well, I'm sure they'll consider it. And, uh, and I'm not going to go to bat for the basketball future of Jake LaRavia. Um, <laughs> I, 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 can, I can pretend to make the argument. And here's, here, here would be one argument is that um, Zaire has looked like garbage or whatever until this year. Okay. And, and, they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're bringing him along. You know who else looked like total garbage for a year? Santi Aldama looked like total garbage for a year, right? If if at the end of year one, heading into year two, they were in the same situation, I think people would have been quick to say, 
just cut Santi. I've seen him play ball, right? Yeah, we didn't say we didn't see him play all that much ball that first year. No, to be fair, no, you're right. You're right. He was terrible, though. He was absolutely <laughs> he was not good when he was he in. He was yeah. terrible in summer league. He was terrible. Now Jake has had two summer leagues and still looks bad. Um, he really, as you as you point out, he doesn't even particularly show flashes. Right? Yeah. There's not like oh, if we can just get that out of him, you know, m- with much more frequency. There's a player there. I don't have many of those moments in my mind. He was active in summer league. Like he was okay in summer league, the summer league, but it wasn't a great summer league. I still think, honestly, I think if you, if you ask me who it would be right now, I think it would be Kenneth Lofton Jr. Okay. Okay. Who do you well, think right uh, now? Who do you think? If they had to let go of some, let, let someone, let, let go of someone on the roster. Who are they going to let go? Who are they going to let in their mind? Yeah, I would think maybe you, likely, ben. likely Kenneth Lofton Jr. But I think the other night I have questions. Like defense was there. He he clearly oh, he had played. a spark he, off the he bench. He added a spark. He got some assists. He got some rebounds. Hit some shots. If you want to talk about showing promise, <laughs> and it's around more. the exact never... same age. Like I, I don't yeah. know. It, like if we're talking, okay, he came in overweight. And maybe you're peeved by that. But like I'd rather take an overweight guy with promise than a guy who's shown none. But hey, it is I, what it is. And, and if the rationale yeah. of getting rid of Kenneth Lofton Jr. over Jake LaRavia is, oh, we picked him at 19 overall and we've invested into him a little bit more than Kenneth Lofton Jr., I don't know if that's a good enough rationale. That should never be the rationale. I, and I hope that would never be their rationale. Yeah. They're, 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 the rationale only would, it cannot be we pick one 19 and, you know, and, and another one's free agent. And so therefore we'll look bad. That, that cannot be the yes. rationale. That is unacceptable. Now, a version of that rationale would be, hey, listen, we scouted him. We believe in him. We believe in him not enough to give up two firsts to go up and get him. That's still in there somewhere, and we're not. We're going to keep trying oh, to get it out okay. uh, and not give up after a year and a half. I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah, no, no I, 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 I completely agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree with you. But all I have to say to that is okay. All right. right. <laughs> that's that's really it. If that's their rationale, that's their rationale, and I don't think anybody's talking them out of it, um, especially his play on the court. I guess that's not talking them out of it either. But, um, Jeff, appreciate it. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you again. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X, 9 to 11 right here, 92.9 FM with the Jeff Calkins show. Now, 46 years, that means something. That means something. In Memphis – Robert Irwin Jewelers has been doing this for 46 years. Make sure that you go to Robert Irwin Jewelers because they help you celebrate your most cherished moments. We're getting into the holiday season, and you need to go find something. Whether it's $100 to $100,000, they will handle and give the perfect gift idea for your special occasion. And they they make it easy with the RIJ way. Uh, They have the meant-to-be guarantee. You can buy your loose diamond and custom-made engagement ring from Robert Irwin Jewelers, and you'll have 365 days to return it. They have free ring sizing for life. So if your fingers get a little fat or they get skinnier, guess what? You can go get it resized, and they handle that for you. No questions asked, no cost. You can get a diamond trade-up. When you decide that you want a new diamond, you can trade it up, and they'll deal with it then. And then you can keep your jewelry bright and sparkling like the day you bought it with their Robert Irwin Jewelers free jewelry spa service for life. So you can bring it in, and they will get that jewelry sparkling like the day you bought it. I mean, engagements, anniversaries, birthdays, Merry Christmas, congratulations, I love you. I hope you don't have to do this, but sometimes it happens. You could have to get an I'm sorry gift, but make sure, whatever the occasion, get to Robert Irwin Jewelers. Perkins Extended, Bartlett, South Haven, Little Rock, and online at rijewelers.com. Bigger, brighter diamonds. 
better prices. Robert Irwin Jewelers. Now it's time to take a trip around the National Football League. Be right back on the other side. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. It's time to take a trip around the National Football League, brought to you by Longshot. The Los Angeles Rams. How about this? Carson Wentz sighting, baby. Yes, Carson Wentz has been signed by the Rams for the rest of the year. And it looks like Matt Stafford's going to be out, I guess. So they're they're trying to find some backup plans that, that aren't Brett Rippon because he was not good. He was really, really bad. But the Rams are, I mean, it's going to be a punt of a season. But I guess you could save a little bit of face by bringing in Carson Wentz, letting him learn the offense. Sean McVay can scheme it up for him. And quite frankly... I think Connor and I are on the same page. I don't know if everybody else is on the same page about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not as bad of a quarterback as people try to make him out. Now, is he a distraction at times? Can he, you know, uh, sort of not be enthused with being a backup and being in that role? Yeah, I, I think that's the truth. But when you just go look at his lifetime stats and you look at what he's been able to accomplish, the amount of games he's been able to win, like he's not as terrible as last year with the Washington Commanders made him look. Um, I mean, the year he was with the Colts, 27 TDs to 7 INTs. If they would have won that Jaguars game to end the year, it would have been a whole lot different. We'd be viewing him in a different way. And they may have not moved off of him to go uh, get Matt Ryan because we saw Matt Ryan was worse. He was worse than Carson Wentz. Um, But at the same time, we'll see what he's able to do. I don't expect a career resurgence, but the Rams... Rams have signed Carson Wentz. The Dallas Cowboys. Now, this is an interesting one. This, this is a signing that I think a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. 31-year-old Martavis Bryant. Last time we saw him, he was playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. And before that, we know he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played 10 games his rookie year, caught for 765 yards and eight TDs. He was a stud. He really, really a good player. But the problem is, after getting drafted... 2015 season, he was viola- he was suspended the first four games for violating uh, the uh, substance abuse policy. 2016, uh, he was suspended the entire season for another violation. He was then conditionally reinstated by the league in 2017. His last season in Pittsburgh, traded to the uh, Raiders. Um, and then he violated his conditional reinstatement, and he has been completely suspended out of the league barred since. Now, he has been conditionally reinstated again, and he signed with the Dallas Cowboys. And we'll see what he can do. I mean, he's 31 years old, and I I do hate the fact that he completely threw his prime of his career away for substance abuse issues and completely disregarding NFL drug tests time and time again because I think he's a hell of a talent. He's a hell of a talent. And I wonder what he can do at 31 years of age. I wonder what kind of shape he's in. I wonder if the Cowboys will utilize him at some point, but – I'm interested to see. I'll say that. I am interested to see because I think Martavis Bryant could have been on his way to being one of the best receivers in the league until the self-inflicted wounds completely took him out of it. The Atlanta Falcons. Now, I just I think this is absolute lunacy, and I just I cannot understand Arthur Smith saying what he said today at the podium about John Robinson. So there's, there's no hiding it. He's not used him. 
He uses Tyler Algier. He uses Corderell Patterson. He uses all these different guys. Doesn't use Bajon Robinson, and he does not use him on the goal line. He gives all the goal line and, and most of the short yardage carries to Tyler Algier, second-year guy out of BYU. But when he was asked today about it, he said his impact, talking about Bajon Robinson, his impact away from the ball can open things up. This isn't basketball, dude. This is, like, this is not basketball. You can't tell, oh, well, he's better off ball than he is on ball. What are we talking about? You're using a number eight pick as a decoy? A number eight pick overall, running back. When running backs are completely devalued, never get picked top ten anymore, you're using this guy as a decoy and not giving him the touches he needs. He only has two carries inside the ten all year, only one inside the five. And for God's sakes, I watched him on the goal, uh, the goal line last week run a Jonu Smith end around that got stuffed. I, I just don't get it. I, I can't understand it. It, it, it. I think this goes beyond Bajon Robinson, who was picked eighth overall. Kyle Pitts was a fourth overall pick. Drake London was an eighth overall pick. Through nine weeks, they have a combined, and Bajon Robinson, eighth overall. Nine weeks, they have a combined six touchdowns between all those players. You draft all these high picks on the offensive side of the ball, and you don't utilize them. And it's funny, they spent a whole lot of money this offseason. You got Calais Campbell. You got... Uh, some new guys in the secondary. You do all these things. You spend a whole bunch of money. You were four and four last year. That looked cool at the time. You're four and four again, and you spent all that money. Like use what you have. It doesn't seem that complicated. And, and it, the worst part of it, I mentioned the two carries inside the ten all year, one inside the five. In short yardage rushing, three or few yards to the first down so far this year. Tyler Algier has 23 attempts, but John Robinson has 17. Yards per attempt and three yards or less in short yardage situations. Tyler Algier, Algier 2.3 yards per attempt, but John Robinson, 5.7 yards per attempt. Not only does just natural, like, being awake and watching and using your eyeballs tell you that John Robinson should get some goal line carries and some uh, red zone work, the metrics back it up. So his impact from the his impact away from the ball can open things up. Get the come on. Talk about him like he's Steph Curry. Good God, man! <laughs> <laughs> like wake up. Use the guy. Why you don't spend an eighth overall pick on a running back not to use him in twenty twenty three? It's just. I, like, one of the worst answers you could have – it's one of the worst things you could have said to, to answer that question today about Bajon. It really is. And I don't think Arthur Smith's helping himself at the podium. I know uh, we have the ties in the city of Memphis, he's the son of Fred, like we get all that, but he's, he's not ingratiating himself to the Atlanta sports media right now. He's sort of coming at them pretty condescending if you've been watching his presser. So get Bajon Robinson the ball and then maybe be a little less condescending at the podium. Well, it's odd that he thinks all the criticism is from like fantasy football, and it's, <laughs> no, it's like not. It, you're four and four, dude. It's like it, it's from real life football. He keeps bringing up fantasy. You're four and four, and you lost a game last week when you ran a Jonu Smith end around on the goal line, and you didn't even convert. You didn't get the. It's, it's just I. Sometimes you can chalk it up to people have eyeballs, and they understand like football at least a, a little bit. And they see that there's a player out there that you don't use that you should use more. And you should use Bajon Robinson more. 
It just, it, it completely, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. His impact away from the ball can open things up. He's a running back, dude. <laughs> He's a running back. I, I just, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That's my promo code, G-A-B-E-K, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL, 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21+. plus And present in Tennessee, first online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Small talk is on the way. Stick around. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now. It's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is presented by Conway Services. Reputable service available in Memphis seven days a week. Tune-up time. I got mine. Make sure you take care of that. Now, uh, Small Talk today, I think it has to do, and I I know uh, Jeff brought it up briefly and I know it's still on sports, but I still cannot understand. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. And I know I brought it up in passing yesterday. But the Memphis women's soccer program was number eight in the country. They win the AAC championship regular season, and they win the, uh, the tournament. Uh, they were number eight in the coaches' poll. How the hell are they a six seed in this, in this upcoming tournament? I'm not going to act like I know a whole lot about women's soccer by any stretch of the imagination, but I do understand that the coaches poll that they use constantly in women's in women's soccer, they ended eighth, and they were eighteen and one, including the AAC tournament. No one in the top ten of the coaches poll is lower than three. That's Notre Dame, and they were four and one against the Power Five. How does that? I, I don't know how that equates. I don't know how that makes a whole lot of sense. I guess you could dock them for being in the AAC. You could dock them for not playing a tough enough schedule. But if you're ranking them that high. And the coaches around the country rank them that high. How do you end up in a situation where they're dropping down to a six seed when no one else around them is even close to, to dropping down that far? I haven't been able to find a legitimate answer as to why they were seeded that way because my first thought was maybe they got docked because they were playing in the American. But then we looked at like the American records and then we looked at the record against Power Five and we were like, Four and one against against Power Five. Right, like that doesn't add up. So what's happening here? To be quite honest, I think they just kind of got screwed. Like I I think it's it is what it is. Like that's the fact of the matter. That they had a tremendous season, a a fantastic, fantastic season, and they were not rewarded properly in the seating. There's no way around it. Yeah, it's 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 gross. It's gross. I don't like it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fan of of the way they got seated. Um, hopefully they can uh, make some noise, though. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Also, um, way off the beaten path from uh, women <laughs> of college women's soccer, um, Udonis Haslam is uh, back in, a, in, the, in the Heat organization, as we all expect. I, be- I can't believe that. Uh, vice President of Basketball Development, though. Yeah. That's a hell of a gig. Good for him. That's good stuff. This guy, man, just being bought into Pat Riley in the Heat way. Look at where it gets you. Look at where it gets you, man. 
Shout out to Udonis. Shout out. I wonder how good he'll. Do you think he'll be good with the basketball development side? It's I wonder. Pretty much been what he's been doing the last few seasons, anyway. I think. Well, know. but like <laughs> basketball development and like finding. I'm also of, not going to pretend like I know what that job title actually well, but does. Also, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I think it, feel, it feels like I feel like you know the Heat just naturally are probably the best developmental system. They have shown that over the years in all of the NBA, like Max Struess and freaking like Gabe Vincent getting big deals off of um, being developed by the Heat and the G League and everything else. Like I feel like it's sort of built in. Oh, you'll probably be successful. Pat Riley, Eric Spolster have been doing this a while. You probably don't have to do much. That's right. that's my thought process, but I, I who knows? Well, I, I think that Haslam's probably been a bit – he's a huge part of that quote-unquote heat culture. You know, he's been there for 20 years he's been there. You know, he, he is one of the main reasons they were able to build the team the way that they built and the, the way that the work ethic that's there and just everything. A lot of that comes from Udonis Haslam. Like, he was able to just be that staying presence throughout the eras of heat basketball – that was able to bring us some, some consistency. And when a young guy would walk in the locker room, he'd be like, this is how it's done. There were actual stories of guys showing up and Udonis has them being like, all right, all that crap that you used to know, it's no longer how it works. <laughs> this is how we do it at the Heat. And you ha- and it works. It works. Get that body fat percentage down. You're going to have to lose some weight, um, hit the weights, yeah, all that stuff. Now, he, bring, he brought a lot of energy when he did play. I'll give Udonis that, which brings me to my next point in the NBA. So we don't have any NBA tonight. But tomorrow, obviously, we're going to have the Heat Grizzlies. So sort of relate that to the, the Heat um, coming to town. Uh, but we do have what we would uh, term as uh, one of our favorite matchups, LeBron versus Dylan Brooks. Lakers are visiting the Rockets tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And I, I think I've mentioned this in the past. Like, I'm, I'm happy to see the Dylan Brooks antics away from Memphis. I like Dylan Brooks. He's had a good year so far, and he's really showing up for the Rockets defensively, offensively, whole nine yards. I, he's shooting uh, three-pointers at a at a good rate, which kind of frustrates me. But at the same time, you got to give him his respect. He got a bag, and he is showing up for the Houston Rockets. But they asked him about his matchup with LeBron, and what do you think he had to say? What do you think he had to say? I'm sure he had a measured, respectful answer for LeBron. James. Yeah, just perfectly in stride. Yes. Just Great. No drama whatsoever. Like what, what do you think that would sound like from Dylan Brooks? <laughs> I really enjoy LeBron James as a competitor, and I think that uh, we're going to have a great battle tomorrow night. Something like that? Yeah. No. What he what he actually said was uh, he's ready to lock LeBron James up. Of course he um, is. And he said he's a step slow. <laughs> he went on. I, he kept the old part out of it this time, but he went right back at LeBron after after last year. Never change. Well, Never I, change, I, I got, DB. Never I, change. Or Or do. <laughs> no, it's not, he's not on the Grizzlies anymore. I'm gonna enjoy it. I mean, Never change. Sure, but like, keep I, doing it. I don't know. No, I, I don't care anymore. It has no negative effect for the Grizzlies. No, I guess. I, I'm keep not, being but DB. I'm, just, I'm saying, like, when it comes to like last year in the playoffs, LeBron cooking him and the Lakers ultimately winning that series, like. Does he? Did he not learn a thing? No, he, he, he never got. He he doesn't learn lessons, does he? He talks no. his trash. He's and a just basketball keeps lunatic, going. but that's also why he's successful. He has to be that way. Oh, he has to keep playing into it. It's that's in why his he, nature. That's why he got a ninety million dollar contract. A hundred percent. But come on, man, learn learn a lesson. Maybe. No, please don't. No, okay. stay. Yeah, keep stay. Doing this. Keep do doing exactly it. what you're doing. So I can laugh about it. Yes, I get it's it. It's very enjoyable. I understand. Now, one hour left in the show. We're going to use it wisely. The Blitz will be at six thirty. But coming up next, Christian Fowler. 
from Bluff City Media and from my podcast with him. We're co-hosts on the Bluff Podcast. That's next, 92.9 FM ESPN. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.